Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Give him praise. Amen. And Father, we just thank you that you are a faithful God. You've been faithful so often in our lives, Lord God. And we just give you praise and glory, Lord God. And we thank you for this morning's session. And we thank you for this session that is to come. Our prayer, Lord, above all else, that you would speak a word into our lives, Lord God. We want to hear from the Holy Spirit above all else, Lord God. So speak to us, Father. We're hungry for a word from you, Lord God. So as your servant comes, Lord God, I just pray that you would speak a word into our lives and hearts. We bind every work of the enemy, every distraction. Pray that our spirits, Father, would be settled and that our ears would be opened to hear the word of the Lord. This is our prayer and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have Pastor Tark. Uh, would you give him a big, big, big welcome as he comes to share the word? Thank you. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing all right? Yeah, well, look, you're not going to get 10 sermons from me like from Danny. Okay, I'm just from a village in India, so I can only give you one sermon at a time, one thought at a time. I'm not uh, smart enough to... Uh, it wasn't that great. I just sort of just... I was trying to take notes, then I gave up because it's kind of like, you know, all those things that rhymed and matched and all the rest, it was just amazing. So, yeah, so good, so good, but so different. Hey, before I just pray, I just want to mention what I'm going to share with you tonight. And uh, the title of the message is, Not What I Expected. Have any of you in your life ever faced something you didn't expect? Uh huh. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna, it's, it's going to actually follow on from this morning. This morning's completely different, but I'll share one of my greatest times of darkness that I've ever been through in my life and kind of some keys of how to get through what you didn't expect. Um, obviously, something that wasn't great. I'm not talking about when you won lotto, <laughs> which you haven't, have you? <laughs> if you do, make sure you tithe. And because it's a lot of, lot of, it's a double tithe, all right? Okay. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us this morning. And Holy Spirit, as we come to your word, God, we've been saying over and over again, we don't need another message, but we do need to meet with you. We do need to hear your voice. We do need to encounter you. And Lord, I pray that this word would just drill deep into our spirit, into our mind. God, it would be lodged there for the days that are ahead of us, that we might draw from the well of your word, Lord, and those things that uh, are ahead for our lives. So Holy Spirit, come. Would you speak to every individual in this place, specifically and powerfully? Lord, one word from you. It's all we need to get us through. One word from you changes everything. And so, Lord, we open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, to receive what you would say to us this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I'm going to start with an interesting verse. You cannot walk out when I read this verse, all right? Job 5, verse 7. Man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upwards. Who's excited about this? <laughs> okay. Well, it's just truth, isn't it? From the time we're born in this fallen world, uh, we face trouble, we face struggles. And the result of that is a lot of us are bruised and we are broken in some areas of our lives. I don't know about you, but I certainly am in some areas that, you know, things that have happened to me that have damaged me, have bruised me. Some of those I've got through, some of the things I'm actually still working through today. But we hear a lot about how to steward our time, our money, our gifts. But we don't hear so much about how to steward hurt pain, trials, so that we move forward. And I think one of the greatest trainings that we need in the church today, in the world today, is management skills on how to handle trials and pain so we move forward and we don't crash and burn. So I want to explore this with you today and hopefully give you some uh, ways to manage some of the things that you face in life. If you think about an eagle, for an eagle soaring, it's all about flying. But have you ever thought about the, for the eaglet, the baby eagle, it's all about falling. So what happens is the, the mother eagle pushes the eaglet out of the nest, it? it just pushes it out, 
and uh, it's a, probably a pretty terrible experience. Uh, thrown out by its own mother, it's like a huge trial. There's fear, it's falling, you know, the food supply is cut off, maybe a bit of panic in there. But in the, res- the ultimate result of that is there comes this flapping. There comes this spreading of its wings, and the eagle, eaglet then begins to soar. We need to understand something. That struggles and crushing often precede our soaring and our blessing. See, God's plan for you, I want to try and get this across to you today, is that you use every struggle, every battle, every hurt, every pain, every trial to soar like an eagle, to fly higher and to see the potential in you fully released. See, I need to be careful is that what I need to be careful is that, and I think we all need to be careful, those of us who are preachers, is that we don't only preach about soaring. You know, um, if I don't talk about struggles and battles and trials, when people face them, they're going to be confused. So I need to treat, teach, what I need to teach is that trials are the process and soaring is the promise. So it's through, the, it's through the process of the trials that we end up soaring. That's the promise. And I think you and I know that trials and struggles knock out too many Christians. We all know some Christians have been hurt, they've been criticized, something went wrong, you know, they went through something that they didn't expect in their life, which we'll touch on this morning, and now they're no longer in church. We have to stop that trend of people falling away from God simply because things don't work out as they wanted them to work out. And we've got to teach them and train them that, no, that very process, that very trial, that very struggle they're going through is so that they can be better, so they can soar like eagles, so they can become all that God has called them to be. When we understand that, we're going to start making some Progress. So in today's church, we tend, not this church, of course, but in many other churches, we tend to preach more about the promises, but we leave out the process. So people come along, they hear these great messages about, you know, the promise of God's breakthrough and blessing and, and provision and healing and the power of God and all the rest of it. But then they go home and they find that they're facing a, a real trial. Their marriage is struggling. The kids won't obey them. They're sick, they've got an addiction, they hate their job. And so what they think, they've just heard about all the promises of God's favor and blessing. So they think, I must be doing something wrong. I've got some, I'm, not, I'm out of order in some place in my life. I'm saying not necessarily what they need to understand is they're in the process and the process is going to lead to the favor and the blessing of God. Proce- Everyone say process. So we just can't leave the process out. All of life requires process. You know, you want to get really fit? Well, good for you. Go through the process. You know, you want biceps like I have? You got to go to the gym. There's process involved. Process leads to promise. And we keep leaving out the process. And people say Christianity doesn't work. Friends, it works if you do it according to the book. Not do it according to some, you know, blessing preacher that just talks all about all the good things that are going to happen in your life. We've got to come back to process. You know, that's why some people, they make a lot of money and they can't hold on to it because they've never been through the process of how you manage money, how do you save your money, how you don't spend all the money as soon as you get it. If you don't get the process, you get the promise before the process, you're probably going to lose the promise. I hope that you don't mind this message because it's... It's straight up, and uh, all of us need to preach this. All leaders, we need to train our people in this. Otherwise, they're going to be so confused, and they're going to be so disappointed that what they expected Christianity to deliver didn't deliver it. And that's why a lot of them are no longer, unfortunately, in church. So, I like this statement. For every setback, God has a comeback. If you're facing a setback right now, get ready for a comeback because it is on the way. So let me give you the key. See, how we respond to trials determines if it turns into something positive and powerful or something destructive in our life. See, that's the potential of a trial. 
a potential of a struggle in your life can take you one of two ways. It can be constructive and positive, or it can be absolutely destructive in your life. And we all know some people who have become better through their trials, and other people have become bitter through the trials. Isn't it amazing? Some people go through exactly the same trial. They're handed exactly the same hand as someone else has been handed, but one person comes out better, one person comes out bitter. The whole difference is not the trial. The whole difference is the response to the trial. If we respond and learn how to respond right, and I hope we can show you a few things on that this morning and then again tonight, then uh, we're going to be able to come through the thing, the, the, come through the trial and actually soar to greater heights than ever before. Did you know that eagles are the only one of, of creation that do not fear storms? They're the only one. And we are called to be eagle Christians. See, what the eagle does is it faces the storm at the right angle, and then it uses that storm to fly higher and higher and higher. So the key to getting through your storm is you've got to face it at the right angle. You've got to face it at the right attitude. You've got to face it with the right process, and you'll be able to use it to fly higher and higher and higher. And that's what an eagle actually does. And one of the really things, interesting things about eagles, I find, is that the worse the storm the higher the eagle can fly. Think about that for a moment. They use it to fly to places they could never get to otherwise. And you know, the, the worst of storms, the result of the storms that we face, we can fly to heights that we would never get to if we never went through the storm. And sometimes the worst of storm the greater the height you're going to be able to get to if you learn how to handle it correctly. You see, this may explain to you. Have you ever wondered why the Bible greats, almost without exception, suffered so much? Have you ever thought about that? Because the struggles, are, I think what I'm telling you is one of the may explain somewhat of why they went through so much because it was the crushing and the trials that actually released their potential so they could soar and do these amazing things for God. And of course, when they did it, it didn't go to their heads because they'd already been crushed and God had worked some deep things in their hearts. I think of people like Joseph. You know, he goes into the, I mean, betrayed by his own brothers and sold, you know, maybe some of you have faced this yourself, thrown into a pit, then falsely accused. He's in prison for a couple of years, the butler and the baker, forget all about him. But he goes through the, through the crushing in his life, but then he's able to soar to heights that most people will never, ever get to, like, almost like the prime minister of Egypt. Then, then you have people like Moses, you know, he ends up killing someone that's 40 years in the desert, you know, being, well, what do you do in the desert for 40 years? It was a trial, it was a hard time, but eventually the crushing led to his soaring. You go through Paul the Apostle, you go through Jeremiah, you can go, you can talk about the Apostles in, in the New Testament, you can talk about Jesus, and each one of them, I believe, used their crushing to do exploits for God. They responded right to what God was doing in their lives. So if you're here today and you're going through a trial, you're going through a crushing, you're going through a struggle in your life, can I encourage you that as you respond in the right way to that, you're going to go to heights in God that you never dreamed were possible. You're going to do things for God that you never expected that you would do in your life. The trial is a process. The soaring is a promise. Tell the person next to you, get ready to soar. Get ready to soar. You're going to fly higher than ever before. You know, David, you just think about David. David faced battle after battle after battle, right? And becomes Israel's, one of Israel's greatest king. Good old Solomon, he lived in a time of peace. No battles, no fights, no crushing, no trials. And he was a useless king. You see, peace, endless peace is not, just, not, not necessarily a blessing. And sometimes we need to have these other things that do a work in each of our lives. Here's a quote from Spurgeon. When you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. You got something right now? You're struggling with it? You can't trace his hand? You're thinking, how could this be? Why should this be? It just makes no sense. Trust his heart. Trust God's heart. He's only got good for you. He loves you. He's only got the best for you. He's not punishing you. 
He's not giving you a hard time. He's not saying, take this and see what you can do with it. No, his plans for you are for good and not for him, not evil. How many of you know God knows exactly what he is doing? How many of you know that God actually is in control of your life? The devil's not in control of your life. What is happening is permitted by the hand of God, and he knows what he's up to. And I believe if it's a crushing, it's because you're going to soar to another place in God. And it may be in your relationship with God. It may be in a character area that God works in your life. But whatever it is, like Danny said this morning, becoming Christ-like is the greatest thing of all. That's the highest. And some of the things that God we go through, God uses to change and transform us on the inside. So to be eagle Christians, there's a verse, a couple of verses that I think are so important for us. Isaiah 40 verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mount up with wings like eagles. So here's a promise to be an eagle Christian. It comes from those who wait on the Lord. Now, that word for wait in Hebrew is quava, Q-A-V-A-H. I understand it's like that. It means to braid or bind yourself to something, to braid or bind yourself. So as we wait on the Lord, as we worship like we've been doing during this conference, do you know what's happening? We're, we're entwining ourselves with God. We're being braided together with God, so we're made so much stronger. And when we're braided together and twined with God, we can face any crushing, any trial, and we can be like the eagle, and we can fly to heights in God. That's why it's so important to get to church. That's why it's so important to worship the Lord, because as you're worshiping, something is actually happening in your life. You're being bound together with God, and the closer you get to God, it's in you and God face the future. You and God face the trials. You and God face the battles. You're braided and entwined together with the Lord. Now, sometimes <laughs> we suffer because of our own mistakes. Anyone here in that category you made a mistake? Has anyone here ever made a mistake, by the way? I said, oh, I feel gosh, you're a pretty bad lot here in Adelaide, you know? It's all these mistakes. Hey, look, we've all made mistakes. And so sometimes we suffer our own mistakes, but sometimes the Lord deals with us. Hebrews 12, 6, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastens everyone he accepts as his son. I want to make this point today. Even when you suffer because of your own mistakes, the good news is this. God can still use it and help you soar higher if you respond right to him. Because we all make mistakes. I read the speaker, I was listening to the speaker the other day, someone sent me some notes about the speaker. And the speaker, since the time they were young, they always had this concept in their minds. And that was if they did something wrong, they would have to settle for their second best life. In other words, the best life was gone because they made this mistake. And she went on to say this. She said, you know, she believed if someone was immoral before they got married, then they'd have a second best marriage. If they lied or cheated during an exam, they would have the second best career. But friends, that is just not the truth. You can still have the best life when you come back to God in repentance. This is the message of amazing grace. God can take the greatest sinner and make them into the greatest saint. And we don't have to settle for the second best life. Peter denied the Lord three times. No, no one here's probably done that, but he didn't have to settle for the second best life. He was still able to live his best life when he came back in repentance and, and got forgiveness through the, through the Lord Jesus. I remember, I, I'm always amazed at the woman at the well. You know, she had six husbands. God help her, all the wives said. Six husbands plus a living, living. And what happened? She comes to Jesus. Jesus uses her in a mighty revival. The greatest sinners and the grace of God become the, can become the greatest saints. And if you have made mistakes in your life, friend, come back to Jesus, get on your knees before him, repent, be restored, and you can still live out your best life in Jesus' name. Does anyone reckon that's good news today? I think of the prodigal son. He's in the father's house. He says, I'm out of here, dad. Give me my inheritance, goes out on all this wild kind of living, as, as what often happens. He comes to his senses, returns back to God, and then uh, what do we read about the father? We see the father, as soon as he sees the son turning back, he runs to the, he runs to the son, the son that has hurt him so much, troubled him so much, done so many things. He runs. I sit, sit there and I read that thing. And I say, Father, why, why did you run? 
why don't you just walk? If it was me, I would have made him crawl. <laughs> crawl back on his knees, you rascal. Why did you do this to me? You know, and give him a bit of a whack. Well, maybe not these days. You're not allowed to do that stuff, are you? In a former era, you could do that, but you can't now. But the father, no, no, what's the father? Arms up and he runs to the son to embrace him. And the son says, oh, I'll just be a hired servant. I'm just going to now have my second best life because I've messed up. What does the father say? No, get the robe, get the sandals, get the ring, get the fattest car. You're going to get restored to the full rights of a son. Friends, that is the God that we serve, a God of restoration, a God who wants the very best for our lives. When we come to him, and I've got to labor this point, when we come to him with repentance and forgiveness and seeking to do the best that we can for God. So tell a person next to you, you don't have to settle for the second best life. Look, I just know some of you think that you do have to, but I'm here to tell you, you don't. You don't. God has got the very best for you. Here's another quote for you. I love quotes. Difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. You're on a difficult road? You know when you want to go and see some fantastic landscape, somewhere you often have to go through mud roads and dirt roads and all the rest of it. But difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. And I reckon you're heading for a beautiful destination. Even though your road is tough, even though your road is difficult, there's a beautiful destination that God has got in store for you. Crushing is a stage. It's not a destination. Some people make the crushing their address. They stay there. Ten years later, they're still at the same address. They have not moved on. So crushing, it's a stage that we go through. It's not somewhere where we stay. So you not only go through the crushing, but you must come out of it. So my word to you today is don't get stuck in the crushing stage. You know the trauma God allows in people's lives, and I don't understand this, so the book of Job helps us to see it a bit, is beyond comprehension. I mean, some of you know people that are just... The, I met this lady at a conference uh, last year when I was speaking at this conference, and um, she told me she, she had very, very severe postnatal depression. It was so severe, she said, I was ready to kill my kids. I mean, that's really severe. And uh, she was trying to get some help, and I think she had, you know, they'd been giving her drugs and all the rest of it. So they said, look, well, we can give you some more drugs. Or what about some shock treatment? We'll shock you out of this thing. She said, no, no, I don't want any more of that stuff. And she, she, gave, her, she gave her life to Christ. And she became a Christian. And over a period of time, and I won't go through all the details, but I just want you to know the pain that people go through. But she made a full recovery. And she went on to have more kids and uh, when I saw this woman, I thought, my goodness, I would never know you had been through the cri this severe, severe crisis affecting your mental health. Friends, she soared like an eagle. She didn't become bitter. She became better. Why God allows some of this stuff, I don't know, but he, he just does. And uh, we've got to understand this stuff that, see, her trial didn't become her address. She moved on from it. And friends, by God's grace and God's help, you can move on from your crushing. You can move on for your trial and go to it. Hey, how many of you want to shift your address, by the way? If, you, you know, if you're stuck in a, a the wrong place, you can shift and change your address. You know, it's important, can I just say, it's important that you tell others that you have been through a trial and that you have survived and got through to the other side because that's going to help somebody to get through their trial as well. Somebody needs to know that you have battled through a difficult marriage and you've come out to the other side. Someone needs to know that you have kids that walked away from the Lord, you went through the pain, but now you've come out on the other side. You need, someone needs to know that you, the tragedy you have faced, you've looked at head on and you've soared like an eagle and now it's a testimony that's going to get other people through. So we've got we to testify 
And this one, one of the things I'm going to do tonight, uh, with you tonight, I'm going to tell you about probably the, one of the biggest crises in my life, and it was pretty bad, and how I managed to get through that crisis to the other side. Because whenever I share it around the world, uh, people identify with it, they're encouraged by it, they think, if God can get you through, my God, God can get you, me through as well, because I serve the same God. We all have the same God who can bring us through our crisis into the other place. That's why, as I said last night, testimony is so powerful. People need to know a real God who can get you through real crushing, who can get you through real pain, because that's the God that we all need to know, because we all face some of these things in different ways in our lives. With all this that I'm talking about today, we need our roots to go down deep in God, and we've been hearing that through Danny and other ways today. See, one of the dangers I see of a social media generation that love posting and tweeting and whatever else they do, TikToking and all the rest of it. And I do this stuff myself, so I'm not against it, all right? I'm on social media. But the danger I see is it can result in a lack of depth, can result in a supernatural faith, uh, sorry, a, a superficial faith. So when the enemy attacks, some of them are not able to stand up under the pressure because the roots have not gone down deep. How deep are your roots in God? How deep do they go down? See, I'm on a mission in my life, and why I share some of these things is I am on a mission, I believe, because I, I, want, I want to raise up a generation that has depth. I want to raise up a, dep- de- de- a generation that has a close walk with God. I want to raise up a generation that spends more time in the Bible than they do on social media. I want to raise up a generation that when the chips are down and they're in the dark night of the soul, that you know, they've got enough within them to fight their way through it, through the process, and come out to the other side into the, into, so that they're soaring in God. I want to get this book into people deep enough in their lives that, that when the pressure comes on, they can resort to their work, walk with God, they can resort to the Word of God, and they'll have the strength and the ability to get through whatever that life throws at them in their journey of life. We got to get men and women and young people who have got a depth of relationship with God because the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. If you know God, you will get through anything the devil will ever throw at you because you and God are more than a match for any opposition, any work of the enemy, any struggle, any trial that you may face in your life. On your own, you will not make it through, but you and God can do get through anything, but you got to get down deep in God. We got to get the roots going down. And you know the problem with roots? No one can see them. I look around this room today. I don't know who's got deep roots. I don't know who's gone deep into God. I don't know who's going to stand in the midst of trial. And sometimes we're going to be shocked. We're going to be shocked. Some person that you thought would fall over, they don't. Someone else that you thought, man, gonna, they look strong, and they don't. They don't stand strong. We can't see the roots. No one can see your roots. God can. And you may know to a certain measure. Can I encourage you? And it's good that you're at this conference because this conference is to get your roots going down deeper in God. So you're not going to have to fear. You're going to be like the eagle. You don't have to fear what I'm talking about today. You don't have to fear the trials and the, and the struggles and the crushings that come your way. Because if your roots are down deep in God, you know that you're going to be able to use that to soar high. Now, sure, you're going to cry. <laughs> you're going to weep. You're going to be broken. You're going to hurt. All that stuff. I'm not denying any of that. That's going to happen. But in the midst of it, God is going to take you to a higher place in Him. And you're going to soar like an eagle. Sometimes you suffer in invisible ways. No one can see your scars. When you face emotional trauma, there's no paramedic because you're not bleeding. You don't go to accident emergency. Why? Because your heart, when your heart's been crushed, you don't go there. Do you know the same part of the brain that processes physical pain processes emotional pain? Same part of the brain. And they're both equally painful. The pain is just as intense. 
As I look around this crowd today, I don't know who's facing emotional pain. If someone's got physical pain, we might know that. But if it's emotional pain, we don't know that. But I want to say to you, if that is you, God sees. And God cares. And God can help you through your emotional scars in your life. One of the things I've learned after walking with God so many years is that we need friends. You need friends. Friends that when the chips are down and you're struggling and you're battling, maybe you've done things maybe you shouldn't even do, there are friends you can turn to and you can talk to them. They're not going to criticize you. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to throw you under the bus. They're trusted friends that you can confide in because a problem shared is a problem halved. During my journey as in, in the ministry of the, that I'm going through over the years, I've had to turn at times to friends to help me get through because you know two are better than one. And I want to ask you a question, and maybe this is the word of God for you today, is do you have friends like that? Do you have, if, if, if say tomorrow you face the crisis of your life, have you got someone that you can turn to? I heard this statement years ago, develop relationships of strength. Develop friendships of strength. This is not just any friendship. You want friendship with someone who's got enough strength that they can help carry you through. You don't want to lean on a broken reed. So when you lean on them, they crash and you crash with them. So you need friends. Have you got friends with strength that can help support you through the dark night of the soul? Develop relationships of strength. One of the most important things I believe any of us can ever do. So make sure you work on that side of things. And um, I think it'll make, a, uh, it'll make a huge difference in your life moving forward. Here's a statement for you. You have to get through the dark part to enjoy the good part. You have to get through the dark part to enjoy the good part. You see, before Joseph could say God meant it for good, he had to go through the dark and if we don't know how to deal with the dark part, we'll never get to the good part. And God has got a good part just waiting for you. It's ready for you. It's ready to come through. But we need to have to, need, need to, have to deal with it because the dark part is the process. So can I make a declaration today and a statement to you today? Don't die in the dark. You're going to hear that tonight. I had to make sure I didn't die in the dark. Because if you die in the dark, you miss out on the good part. <laughs> you miss out on the, the you know, it's, it, this is true and everything with the project. You know, you go, you go through the dark part to get to the good part, through your study, through marriage, through fitness, all the different things. You know, most of them all start well, but then it gets dark, it gets difficult, and you've got to push through the pain barrier, the struggle barrier, and get through to the other side. But often the dark part comes just before the good part. And when, the, when all hell will come against you is when you're going through a dark part and you're just about to get through the good part, that's when the enemy will throw everything at you to stop you in the dark. But you've got to fight through that darkest hour. Like David at Ziglag lost his, his wives, his kids, his, the, his own men ready to stone him. That was his dark night of the soul. That was his darkest hour. That was the midnight hour for David. But what David didn't know He'd been running from this king for over a decade that within only days, Saul and his sons would be killed on the mountains of Gilboa and David would be crowned king. All hell broke out just, at the, just before he was going to break through into something amazing. If right now you're finding that you're really at the peak of the darkness, I want to suggest to you, you're probably closer to breakthrough than you have ever been before. Tell a person next to you, you're closer than to your breakthrough than ever before. Do you believe it? <laughs> Psalm 27, verse 13, I remain confident of this. I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You were born to make it. You were born to make it. Did you hear me? You were born to make it. I don't care what you're going through today. I don't care what you are facing. I don't care how dark it is, how black it is, how difficult it is. You were born to make it. God put in you what? God put in you. <laughs> I just wasn't quite sure where that was coming from. 
but I'll take it anyway. I'll take it anyway. God put in you whatever you need to get through the dark part in your life. Whatever you're facing today, God has put, let me put it this way, you are matched for whatever you are facing today. God has put in you everything that you need. Go through the process and you can soar like an eagle. Don't let the devil tell you, this is too big for you. This is too hard for you. You're never going to make it. You'll never get through the other side. They are lies from the pit of hell. You are going to make it. You are going to get to the other side. You are going to soar like an eagle. The best days are not behind you. They are ahead of you. I get excited every so often. I don't know why, but I just can't help myself. Listen to this. Your husband needs you to make it. Your wife needs you to make it. Your kids need you to make it. Your friends need you to make it. The church needs you to make it. For me, my church needs me to make it. Because I don't make it. Man, that's going to be a domino effect. So you need to make it. If not for your own sake, for the sake of those around you. Don't let somebody say something that makes you give up. Don't let somebody who mistreated you or betrayed you let you die in the dark. Don't let it beat you because it doesn't need to. That's my message for you today. It doesn't need to. You're in the process. You can come through. You can soar like an eagle. Some of you just need to hear that today. As I wrap this up, sometimes you've got to identify the wind currents that you need to use to fly. If you're in a trial, what wind currents do you need to pick up on? I remember a trial I went through a number of years ago, and I just couldn't get through it. Everything I tried, it was a storm. I couldn't get through it. And then I, some, I heard a message on praise. So I used a weapon of praise. And as I began to praise, I think that very day, I got through my storm, and God gave me a breakthrough. That was a wind current I had to use. When I'm facing a storm, my go-to currents, I'll tell you what that, prayer, and if prayer doesn't work, fasting. And everyone said, God help us, yeah. <laughs> but maybe your one current may be Thanksgiving. My personal assistant, Sala, age early 30s, her husband died of cancer. She's left with four young children. She said to me, what got her through was Thanksgiving. She said, I just had to say to myself, I'm better off than a whole lot of other people. I'm better off than the person that sleeps on the street. I'm better off than someone who's got a horrific husband that's never there. And she came through that trial. And I'm here to tell you with all honesty, those of you who have met her, she is probably the most, this has only happened about four, five or six years ago. She is probably the most joyful person on my staff. Go figure, folks. How do you, go, how do you face that? Well, because God was with her. And when, you know, you and God together. So she didn't, she used that, um, that trial to soar like an eagle. And honestly, she's going to heights that, oh my goodness, she is just amazing. For my wife, I'll share a bit about this tonight, but what got her through our darkest time, she just lived in this book. She lived in this book. What's a wind current you're going to have to use? Because you've got to have some, do some process here, friends, to get through to the other side. As I close, musicians can come. You may be in your darkest moment. You may be going through hell and high water. But I'm here to say to you, you have a reason to live. Get up because your best days are ahead of you. Get up because your future is brighter than the past. Get up because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Get up because what you carry in God is powerful and is needed. As we respond right to God in our trials and our struggles, we can soar to heights in God we never thought we would ever get to. And it comes because of the struggle. So, my friends, hang in there. Go through the process. Get through the dark. Your best days are ahead of you. They are not behind you. Let the eagle within you soar to unexpected Heights in God, you were born to make it and you will make it in Jesus' name and go to heights you never dreamed possible. Amen.
Close your eyes for a few moments. First thing I want you to do right now is make a decision. Whatever storm you're facing today, that you're going to respond right. So it becomes something powerful in your life and not something destructive. Come on. Our life is all about choices, decisions we make. You're the result of the decisions you make. Tonight, you can, this morning, you can make one of the greatest decisions you could ever make. And that is to respond right, humbly, in the midst of what you're facing today. It may be big, it may be small. Sometimes it's a little foxes that trip us up. It's not necessarily something huge. Just a right response. Can you ask God for His grace, His strength, and say, okay, I'm going to become better, better, not bitter. I'm going to, God, with your help, I'm going to respond right to my trial. Can you do that right now? We're going to sing in just a moment. Secondly, so you've made a mistake. You got it wrong. There's forgiveness. There's restoration as you come back to God with humility and repentance. You don't have to settle for the second best life. Let that just resonate in your spirit this morning. Because if you think you can only have the second best life, that's all you'll ever get. But with God, this is amazing grace. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. His plans for you are for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. The last couple of thoughts is this. Don't make your struggle your destination. It's a stage. It's not a destination. Better days are ahead. You will get through the dark part. You will get through this phase that you're facing today. God's always got me through to the next stage. Your current situation is not your final destination. We're going to sing, we give you the highest praise as we wrap this up together. As we braid ourselves together with God, He's going to strengthen us through our struggles to soar like eagles. So make that decision to respond right. That you don't have to live your second best life. And don't make your struggle your destination. Let's stand together. We give you the highest praise. You know, so important at this moment now, because this is what I call the moment of encounter. There's a moment where God can take what you've heard, that one thing that you needed to hear. In fact, what was the one thing you needed to hear? What was the one thing that touched your heart? Because that's God's word to you today. That's what can change you. That's what can move you forward. What was that word? Just as we sing this song together, just reach out to the Lord. Let Him touch you. Let Him bless you. Have a moment with God that can shift you and help you through the whatever it is that you are facing today. Let's sing. Let's worship. So I put my faith in Jesus. Come on. He's your anchor. Come on, he'll never let you down. Yes.
reach out to the Lord for a few moments. We're going to wrap this up shortly, but just want you to have that moment with God. He just touches you, speaks to you, gives you a key in your situation of how you can come through and soar like an eagle. God sets God's will, that's God's plan, that's God's purpose for your life. No trial, no storm, no crushing is wasted with God. He's always doing something good. There are treasures to be found in darkness. God has great purpose in everything that you're going through. Nothing is by chance. Nothing is from the enemy. Everything has come through the hand of God to give you a brighter future, to take you to a better place, to help you to soar to greater heights than ever before. Come on, let's sing it again. Great is thy faithfulness. faithful. sing that one last time as we wrap it up. Just close your eyes. I just want to say to you, I want you to receive this into your spirit. There is nothing that you are facing today or ever will face that with God that you can't get through and come out the other side in a better place and soaring to greater heights beyond anything that you ever imagined. Let me say it again. There is nothing you are facing today. Don't let the devil lie into your ears. There is nothing that you will ever face in the future that you and God can't get through together. And you're going to come out into a better place. And you're going to soar like wings of eagle. And you're going to do things in the kingdom of God that you never dreamed were possible. Come on, one last time. Great is your faithfulness.
Amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord Jesus a clap offering. Let's worship Jesus. Amen. He's worthy of praise. I love the words of Paul to the Corinthian church. He says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that the work, your work is not in vain. Let nothing move you. Nothing move you. Just stand firm. Stand firm and he will see you through. You know what I love about Pastor Tark um, and as he ministers, uh, it's not just the information we're receiving, but there's also an impartation. You know, and I believe that uh, who we listen to is extremely important um, because about 20% of it is information. We have some great principles there that we've learned this morning, but about 80% is impartation. We're getting something from him as a person. It's a spirit. That's why I say to people, be careful who you're listening to on podcasts because there's an impartation that's true. You need to find some ministers to listen to because you've got to feed yourself, but be careful because there's an impartation that happens. And as he's sharing, we're getting something of his spirit and who he is as a person. And, uh, and I think that, that, that that's powerful. He's gotten through whatever we're going to get through by the grace of God in the name of Jesus. And, and we need the fathers. The, the, uh, the, the Bible says we've got a lot of teachers, but few fathers. And, and here's a great example of a great spiritual father that we can learn from in our journey, in our walk with God. Amen. Are we ready for lunch? Let's just uh, pray for lunch and the time that we're going to be spending together. Father, we thank you for church. We thank you for the church gathering together uh, to worship uh, and to hear your mighty word of God. And as we go to lunch, Father, we thank you for what's been provided. We don't want to ever take it for granted, Lord God. And we just pray that there'll be a sense of fellowship, of koinonia as we gather together as the church and and, and share with one another. Bless uh, this afternoon. And as we Prepare our hearts even for tonight, Lord God, and, and the word tonight, Lord God, where we're expecting more and more, Father God, to hear from you above all else, Lord God. And we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen.